Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait. You look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money. A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. For exclusive podcasts and more, sign up at Patreon.com slash Partners in Crime Media. This week's Law & Order Marathon winner is Renee Hofford of Casper, Wyoming. Renee will get a marathon decal showing she watched 26.2 hours of her favorite crime show. To be next week's winner, sign up at Law & Order Podcast. I'm Kevin Flynn with Rebecca Lavoie and Anita Flores, and these are their stories. You think you know who did it, but you don't know who did it. Law and order, law and order, law and order. It's no ordinary police procedural, baby. It's the FNOG of police procedurals, baby. Law and order, law and order, law and order, law and order. These are their stories, these are their stories. Welcome to These Are Their Stories, the podcast about network TV's most enduring crime franchise and the real-life cases that inspired their shows. I'm Kevin Flynn. Each podcast will break down an episode from either Criminal Intent, SVU, or Original Recipe. And today we're looking at SVU Season 10, Episode 19, Selfish. She's dead after being infected by your son. What, that little girl from the news? No, her mother killed her. No, measles did. Measles that she got from your boy. Joining me to do just that is true crime author and the host of Crime Writers On and Netflix's You Can't Make This Up podcasts, Rebecca Lavoie. Hello, Rebecca. It wasn't me, Kevin. It wasn't me. I didn't do anything. Oh, you're so selfish. <laughs> <laughs> and rounding out our panel is our special guest from I'm Listening. The Frasier Podcast. It's Anita Flores. Hi, Anita. Hi. I'm truly honored to be here. I've been watching Law and Order SVU for for as long as I can remember. So uh, it's just it feels really good to use what I consider to be a skill. You know, just have, <laughs> having seen a lot of the show, um, I'm glad I can bring my skills to this to your podcast. I told you, Ma, I wasn't wasting my time. Iconic. <laughs> yeah. Icon- it's an iconic episode. I cannot is, wait. Yeah. I cannot wait to talk about it. So, Nita, you do a podcast about a television show that was uh, on the air decades ago. Lame. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? How dare we? So we get this a lot, of course, on our podcast. Do you think that it's more fun to get to an episode or a scene or something where you as a fan say, oh, I remember that so well, or... Oh, I forgot all about that. I think completely forgot is more fun just because mm-hmm. there's so many, I'd say, WTF moments uh, in Law & Order SVU that I mm. often forget about. So, yes, I think those are more fun. Anita, of all the franchises, which two cops are your favorite detective team? Favorite Law & Order detective team. Okay, so can these two cops, do they have to be the ones that always work together? Or no, they can... you can do, oh, this okay. is like rotisserie baseball really? detectives. You, yeah, put them together. Oh, wow. All right. So I would say in terms of like performance and line delivery, uh, Richard Belzer is shockingly way up there for me. Mm. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Detective Elliot Stabler. 
Um, I definitely have like a, like, and um, my boyfriend, of course, has, uh, who we live together, it, uh, suffers through these episodes with me all the time. <laughs> and I'm, you know, we have a very, uh, I'm very honest and open. And I tell him, I'm like, honestly, Elliot Stabler, when he gets real close into a, a somebody's <laughs> face, I'm like, are they going to kiss? Do I want them to kiss? Maybe. Because sometimes. You don't ever say that about yeah. Richard Belzer, though. No. <laughs> I'm so happy to be doing this podcast. Oh my God. I just feel like I have no one to talk to about these specifics. And Anita, who's your favorite prosecutorial team? Favorite law and order district attorney prosecutorial team. Um. So, and I'll just say, like, no, I'm not an expert in that I re- remember everyone. I think I only remember the things that I want to remember. So, my favorite, um, I guess, prosecutor is definitely uh, Casey. I believe mm-hmm. she's the redhead, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, sometimes redhead, sometimes blonde. You never know what you're going to get with Casey. Sure. I do really like her. It's also possible that I may have dipped off at some point um, in the last 20 years <laughs> and definitely end up focusing probably on earlier seasons. Um, but I've definitely fallen into her personal storyline before, seen her like lose her cool, get too personally involved. Um, and I do. Run for I like Congress. Exactly. <laughs> All right, let's take a look at the first half of this episode, Special Victims Unit Season 10, Episode 19, Selfish. Iconic. Ruth mm-hmm. Walker asks to see a special cop <laughs> and tells Benson and Stabler her granddaughter is missing and her daughter's car smells like a dead body. Fortunately, the smell is just literally rotten ground beef, but Ashley Walker doesn't have a good excuse for where her little Sierra is. She said that she left her with Maria the nanny, but she's not at that address. Are we sure Ashley's not sending us out on a wild goose chase with this babysitter kidnap story? It's hard to tell, but the hotel in AC did say that she was there all weekend. Well, what kind of mom goes out to party and leaves her kid with a woman she barely knows and doesn't bother to write down her last name or phone number? One who's young and irresponsible. Finn and Munch find Maria pushing a baby carriage with, not Sierra... But a doll. Okay. <laughs> Name's Scott. <laughs> Maria's credit card was used to buy a tarp and shovel, but the video shows it was Ashley who bought them. With no body, all they can charge the party mom with is credit card fraud. They get the shovel from Ashley's lived a hard life but got clean for the sake of my granddaughter who's now missing father, Ralph. No DNA on the shovel, but it was used in dirt near a gas station. Stabler narrows it to a park where Ashley used to party. That's where everyone's least favorite crime tech, Stucky, digs uh. up the body of the missing child. All right, well, what can be more inconvenient than cleaning out your rotten-smelling car and having your mother bring the cops? <laughs> you went to the cops? Where's your daughter? You are such a bitch. I told you she's at the babysitter. You know what? You're full of crap. You know that I'm Sierra's babysitter. Yeah, you were until two weeks ago when you got drunk and left her in the bathroom. You're a liar. I don't know. We're not here to play Family Feud. (laughs) (laughs) That scene was incredible because she's very conspicuously cleaning out the car. Luckily, that community garden or whatever is right next to their apartment. Because you got to get the hose. The hose, right. (laughs) Um, But the rotten meat thing. I mean, it's very clear, not to spoil anything, to telegraph that she's lying. It's incredibly clear that she's lying because she actually is so good at playing this part that she's very good at telegraphing even when she's being adamant that she's also lying. Mm -hmm. So my question is this. Yes. Did she go and buy the meat, 
for this exact reason because she thought the cops might come and she's like, no, look, I just happened to have this meat here. Or did she just go to the trash to be like, look, mm. it, and then the meat was just, she was like, see, this is my meat. The meat just happened to be there. I'm like dying to know. No, I think, Anita, she actually thought it would be a good idea to bring ground beef to a hotel in Atlantic City for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Who does that? Who does that? Um, if I'm thinking about uh, how deeply she planned this, I feel like she she could have planted the meat I mean, just well. I don't want to ruin the rest of the episode, but I, she seems pretty. She seems pretty calculating, so I wouldn't mm-hmm. put it past her. And so they're trying to get a line on where Sierra might yeah. be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they get a tip. There's a car accident with a Latino man and a white baby. Mm-hmm. So it has to be a kidnapping, right? Oh, of course, because you know, there would never be an excuse. Never, never. <laughs> never. You would never have never. a person of color driving around a white kid ever. See you, baby. You okay? Who's Sierra? Little girl, you kidnapped. No. I don't kidnap nobody. He tell it to the judge. That, that, the girl, her name is Maddie. The, the daughter of my boss. I was dropping her at the daycare. Then why'd you run? I'm from El Salvador. I, I don't want to go back. I don't know if it's her. She can't talk. Art like most rich white people hiring other people, whether they be people of color or not, to tr- drive their kids everywhere. Yes, but he had a Saturn, so that was very... Oh, Saturn, <laughs> that's why. Okay. <laughs> so they don't know, right, whether or not it's the actual baby that they're looking for, whether it's Sierra. So, so Elliot takes a picture of the baby, and he sent it back to SVU. Looks a heck of a lot like the baby. Well, yeah, all babies look alike. Come on now. Yes, I agree. <laughs> so there was this, they send it, and you know, the giant PowerPoint display. Yes. There's an it says, alert, receiving photograph. From Elliot's phone. <laughs> From Elliot's phone. He somehow man- magically texts a photo. To a giant TV. Right. Which has to <laughs> render itself line by line like an old fax. Here it comes. The photograph's coming in. Wait, it's uh, blonde hair and getting down to the nose. That was silly. Hey, you know what? If with with the, the little but some amount of research I've done on how much money uh, the NYPD gets, I'm like, sure, they could have this special technology, even if it's made up just for this episode. This, this special, suspenseful, oh. slow technology that yeah. also happened to be like a technology that no one else has to text to a TV. Exactly. This technology display, yeah. these screens, This they were like the sixth detective in this se- yes. season. Yes. Where they're always running up to the thing. And, Fancy PowerPoints. Yeah. No more whiteboard. Mm-hmm. We'll just have somebody there doing one screen. We're going to have this. One screen. We're going to have that. <laughs> and it was just, it's like, we're going to get all that home and security money and we're going to put it into not help not not testing rape kits but we're going to put up making powerpoints powerpoints <laughs> it's going to look so awesome guys <laughs> so they're going to mommy shame ashley by showing her pictures from face space face space uh, the best i'm a good mom good mom huh yes your face space tells a different story here you are, drunk and parting it up in Cabo. Gonna crown your mother of the year, huh? You have no right to judge me. Here you are down at the shore grabbing some guy's crotch while Sierra stays at home. And that's you in a nightclub in AC. You know when that was taken? Right after you killed your daughter. I didn't kill her! Face space. Yeah. Face space. Did they forget they were using face union before that? Face union, face space. Yeah. But they somehow managed to <laughs> shit on Saturn in the show. <laughs> 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 Not a word of a lie. I drove a red Saturn like that. You did. Yeah. You did. It leaked oil in our driveway for many years. <laughs> <laughs> I donated it to NBC. <laughs> you guys need a car for a Latino man to crash into while he has a white baby in the back? Here you go. <laughs> All I can think of is that poor actress. 
we will get to, <laughs> had to spend like a couple of days before shooting doing these fake p- photographs with guys grinding up on them. So they can say, okay, look at this. Look at this. So let's take a look at our cast. Yes, let's, 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 let's. It's our very special guest star. Ms. Hillary Duff. Big deal. She is playing Ashley Walker. Since when does having a kid make it illegal to party? I'm young. I'm allowed to have fun. Uh, she has announced that she's going to be reprising her role as Lizzie McGuire in a new <laughs> TV series. <laughs> you were going to say mm-hmm. reprising her role as Ashley Walker <laughs> in the new SVU reboot with Elliot Stapler. <laughs> well, this going back to your roots is working for Chris Maloney. So I... <laughs> like she, she shows up. She's like the new rookie cop in the squad. <laughs> I would love to see that. I think it's a great idea. (laughs) Come get your beaten, you skank. So, Hilary Duff, you know her from Disney. I know her from the Eminem song, Ass Like That. Okay. He's saying, Hilary Duff is not quite old enough, so I ain't never seen her butt like that. Maybe next year I'll say ass, and she'll make my pee-pee go doink, doink, doink. Ew! Ew! What Eminem. is this doing, from? Doing, doing. That's an Eminem song. Eminem. Gross. Oh god! It's kind of oh, gross. Wow. It's super gross. Oh, it's super gross. gross. I thought you were going to say you knew Hillary Duff because you have a daughter who watched Lizzie McGuire <laughs> obsessively. Oh, yes. Um, so I have a question. Hillary Duff has mm. like a shit ton of money, right? She does. Why did she do so. this? Well, her Emmy reel. Her Emmy reel. <laughs> Look, she did a. She spent eight days, you know, on yeah. a set, you yeah. know, yeah. Uh, doing this. It wasn't a big commitment, right? Well, I think I mean, Anita. If you were giving career advice, uh, oh you my would God. say someone who is a you know a child <sighs> star, a list. They want to become star. an you know an adult star as well. That they should stretch a bit. I'm. Ju- I'm also going to put it out there. I have not watched Law & Order SVU for a while. Probably, this was something I regularly watch. Uh, You know, was definitely watching on Hulu uh, up up until, since quarantine, before quarantine. Definitely took a break, was starting to be like, oh, wow, cops, not so great. Should I be watching the show? Uh, So I want to just point that out. However, separately from that, I feel this show is like, a huge thing that if you are an actor, it's really a turning point and an honor yeah. to be in this show. Mm-hmm. I mean, there again, I get too excited thinking about all the people that have done the show. The, the one person that comes to mind right now is Sharon Stone. Oh, yeah. And it's like, I'm going to put Sharon Stone a little bit higher up acting-wise, up on the <laughs> wall yeah, than Hilary Duff. No offense to Hilary Duff, because I also see her more as a singer. That's how I know her. Right. Uh-huh. Not as much as an actress. So if you're going to make it, even as a cameo, just even as a dead body, Questlove made his debut on uh, Law & Order SVU, and what? I believe his only appearance on Law & Order SVU has been as a corpse. Yep. That uh-huh. is true. Um, and so you take somebody like Questlove, like Sharon Stone, like Hilary Duff, it's a big deal it is so i think it was a fantastic career move personally i think she's super good in this episode i'm just gonna say i think she's super good and she was the perfect age for this role as well totally it it just all fit to me (laughs) we have some repeat offenders repeat offender we have annie potts returning as attorney sophie devere yay you two should be ashamed of yourselves conspiring to charge an innocent mother uh, Mr. Mariska Hargitay, Peter Herman, is <laughs> That's back right. as Trevor Langan. Dr. Warner, those side effects to the MMR vaccine you mentioned, what are they? 
And Noel Fisher is uh, Stucky. Hey, bing, bang, bong. Oh, God, don't get me started on Stucky. (laughs) (laughs) Can you please tell me the name of the actress who is playing Ruth Walker? But I did catch her trying to steal 40 bucks out of my wallet. That must have pissed you off. I grabbed it back, and then she got lippy. I'm not going to lie to you. I cracked her in the mouth. Anita, do you know? Oh, my gosh. Wait, Ruth Walker as in the mom? The grandmother, yeah. I don't know. That is Gail O'Grady. Yes. Uh, from NYPD Blue. She used to play the sexy secretary uh, in NYPD Blue. Secretary with substance. Yeah, she is best known as Donna Abandando from NYPD Blue. Three Emmy nominations for her for that supporting role. It's hard to imagine watching like a cop show now. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And NYPD uh, Blue would not get made right now. Yeah, Let's be real. Right. Uh, there right. you go. <laughs> my, my absolute favorite part of that series, NYPD Blue, was when she was introduced. Sipowitz meets her for the first time. Uh, she has to introduce herself as the new detective's administrative aide, Donna Abandando. And she says, yeah, I know, those two together, they're quite a mouthful. <laughs> and he looks at her cleavage and says, amen to that. Yes, exactly. Oh, my God. She was a bombshell. She was. Wow. Gail O'Grady uh, divorced six times. Wow. One of her Whoa. ex-mother-in-laws was the actress Anna Lee. Rebecca, who's that? Anna Lee? Yeah. Don't know. She is the matriarch Lila Quartermain. Oh, that Anna Lee. On General oh. Hospital. R.I.P. Wow. Anna Lee. Yeah, who is also Sister Margareta in The Song of Music, who posed the musical question, how, how do, do you, you solve, solve a problem, problem like Maria? Maria. Yeah. Like Donna Abandando. <laughs> <laughs> like Haley Duff. Yeah. Hillary Duff. Sorry, <laughs> Hillary. <laughs> Lastly, does anyone recognize that playground nanny? No. No. She walks her baby around all day asking people if she can watch their kids. She creeped me out. That's Deidre Goodwin. Uh, She played June in the movie musical Chicago. Huh. In the cell block (laughs) Tango. She sang how her husband accused her of screwing the milkman and then ran into her knife. Ten times. Oh, oh, (laughs) Oh my God. That's very specific. Well, the song said he had it coming. He had it coming. So Ashley says that she bought the shovel as a gift for her father, which is, by the way, the dad equivalent of giving your mom a vacuum on her birthday. <laughs> is this it's shovel? even worse. Like giving your mom vacuum bags for her birthday. <laughs> dad, I know how much you love to shovel, and this is it's one of your favorite pastimes. Lightly You're used. Welcome. Only lightly used. Used once. <laughs> She got the shovel and the tarp. Did she get a bow? Because you don't wrap that, right? I mean, the best you do is maybe put a he tag said, on it. remember when they picked it up, he said you could tell it was already used. Yeah. Rude? Yes, Rude. I yeah, know. let me use the gift before I give it to you. <laughs> well, it's funny because Sophie DeVere, the attorney, holds a press conference for some reason in front of the Walker's house that dad is in the backyard and doesn't even know about. That's right. Has no idea this is about to happen. Is that their yard? That's like a community garden, right? Community garden that just happened mm. to live next door. To yeah, lucky them because he has those prize-winning roses. That's right. That's a guy called bullshit on the prize-winning. roses. I think roses. he took up gardening as his like. I'm not going to drink anymore. Hobby. I'm guessing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Some people snap rubber band yeah. on their wrists. Other people garden. Doesn't mean he drinks through the winter time, and then he's. Who knows, right? Well, I imagine if you're, uh, okay, speaking from zero experience, but you're really making me think about it, that would be a great thing for a sober person to do. I, I really think it'd be very hard to keep up a garden. You're hungover, like if you're drinking. Mm-hmm. I think I think this sounds great. 
People that aren't drinking should start gardening, I think. If so many great tomatoes. Absolutely. That's right. <laughs> well, the reporters rush to Sophie. The police are wasting their time persecuting the victims. A family worried sick. And then they see Elliot, and they all rush to Elliot. No Detective, was that shovel used for the crime? Is Sierra Walker dead? This is an ongoing investigation. We're tracking down every lead. And then he says, and they all rush back to Sophie. Mm. Are you worried, Ms. Devere? Could your client have used that shovel to bury her dog? The only thing the police are going to find on that shovel is soil from Ralph Walker's award-winning roses. I'll tell you, when I was in TV, my cameraman would have fucking killed me. <laughs> if I said, oh, right over here. Oh, right back over here. Right in the middle of somebody answering the question. Ah, oh, shut up. <laughs> Elliot, by the way, way to like not wear gloves while picking up that piece of evidence and throwing it in your trunk. Just uh, saying. Yeah, including oh at the, the dig site. Yes, sticking where, his bare hands into the ground. Yeah. I have a question. Yes. Actually, it's a two-parter. A, does Alexander Cabot not have peak hair in this episode? Yes or no? She does have peak hair. Peak hair. Layers, extensions. She looks fantastic. Second question. (laughs) The whole thing about, like, um, you're getting her on credit card fraud, that's kind of thin. Credit card theft? That's pretty thin. Well, I had to charge her with something. She's ready to walk out the door. She will as soon as she posts bail, which will be minuscule. Even her mother thinks she did it. We need more time. Well, then get back in there and wring a confession out of her before she remembers her favorite episode of Judge Judy and Lawyers Out. Is credit card fraud not a crime? Am I, like, mistaken to, to no, steal it's... somebody's credit card and bring it to a store and pretend to be them and use it? Isn't that actually a crime? She has problems with arresting somebody for credit card fraud, but is, like, okay charging somebody for murder who doesn't get their kid <laughs> vaccinated to kill somebody else's kid? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> so I, honestly, I would have would have also not been surprised if they had found some made up charge, even mm. if not credit card fraud, like crossing on a on a red light or something, <laughs> which I think that they've done before totally. on the show. Oh, they yes. actually have. Yes, <laughs> fucking oh, against yeah. the light. They got Kevin Ty. <laughs> That's right. Like, <laughs> so they could then so then they could go into virtual reality. That's right. To find Dixie oh, Platinum. My God. That's right. Because the sun needs wow. to be turned off. Oh, jeez. He <laughs> turned on. <laughs> 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 this episode is as iconic yeah. as that episode, in my humble opinion. <laughs> but let's just talk about future spree killer Dale Stuckey for a minute, because he gets we? to be a super dick in this episode. Yes, he Dude. does. Which I love. So in the lab, <laughs> in the labs, he, he thinks like uh, this whole thing about coming across a killer would be kind of cool yeah. or nasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're thinking Sierra was buried somewhere near a gas station? Yeah, can you imagine like, going to a gas station to fill up, buy some smokes? You know, not that I smoke because that's nasty, but like there's a mom there burying her kid. Like, oh, holy crap. Red flag alert. What's that cute lab lab tech's name? Not not Stucky, the, the regular. No. I don't know. He's wearing a red shirt, though, too. But no, he's in a lot of episodes, that lab tech guy. We should probably know his name, yeah. given that we have a podcast about Law and Order. The only thing unique is high levels of polyaromatic hydrocarbons. Say again? Polyaromatic hydrocarbons are a byproduct of petroleum. Levels this high, gas had to be leaking straight into the ground. I should know his name, and I'm looking it up because I did a storytelling show with him, and he's really <laughs> he's really sweet and wonderful. Didn't he seem oh so put I upon? I think Stucky kills him, though. He's yes, so he does. put upon, though. He's like, see what I have to put up with, and Elliot oh. just completely ignores it. Yeah. Meanwhile, the guy's like, help me. I'm about to be murdered. Please. I have a bad feeling about this. <laughs> his name is Mike Doyle. Okay. Ah. Absolutely lovely person who I did meet uh just to brag you know it's always a big deal for me uh when i meet somebody from the cast of law and order SV. i don't blame so you it was a, i feel the same yeah. yeah i would feel the same I, if you ever met anybody if i ever met anybody <laughs> in the cast of law and order SVU. except for that we did meet that dead body lady that time 
Yeah, she was in Ireland, though. She was great. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Having seen uh, that storyline out of order with Stucky is also very <laughs> chilling. Yeah. Jarring. Because I already knew. And I was like, how do you not know? How can you not know he's crazy? <laughs> I think it actually, you know, obviously they're building up this character arc for Stucky, and in the end we know it's going to be this. It's we a little ham-fisted, though. They're jamming a lot well, of scenes. He's chewing a lot of scenery. I thought it was, it made sense for him to do what he did at the crime scene. Right. Mm-hmm. Because now we in the audience are like, oh, wait a minute. This guy isn't just quirky. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. He's actually a little... Uh, unhinged. Unhinged. Okay. Stucky, be careful. <laughs> do I tell you guys how to do your job? Actually, yeah. It's her. Oh, we got a body here. What's the matter with you? Did you find her? Is it Sierra Walker? What is the matter with you? What's the matter with you? I'm sorry. Yeah, he's very reckless. So it makes it somewhat believable that they would chase him through an amusement park hmm. on Coney Island. And <laughs> Slow motion. <laughs> love ride. Yeah, love ride. <laughs> Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait. You look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money. A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Now let's look at the second half of this episode. Cabot arraigns Ashley on homicide charges, but there is a problem. Sierra Walker's death wasn't a homicide. She was just dug out of a shallow grave. She didn't fall in there playing hopscotch. Well, whoever put her in there didn't kill her. Encephalitis did. Swelling of the brain? Brought on by measles. Are you sure it's measles? No signs of abuse or neglect? No bruises or abrasions either. Her teeth weren't in great shape, but mostly from a diet high in sugars. That's it. Ashley was too busy posting duck face selfies on FaceSpace to get Sierra vaccinated. (laughs) Cabot gives her community service and alcohol treatment instead of jail. And so ends another half hour episode of Law & Order SVU. (laughs) But wait, there's now an outbreak of measles consisting of two whole cases. Mm. An outbreak of two cases. That's so quaint. Yes. In 2020. (laughs) Uh, One was an Amish kid. On Rumspringa. <laughs> and the other was the son of Monica Stewart, an anti-vaxxer who says, Shut up, I do what I want. <laughs> because Ashley is now suing the city for $100 million, and everybody's afraid to bring their kid to the park. Benson and Stabler arrest Monica and charge her with murder. The lawyers make compelling arguments about parental choice and parental responsibility. And when it comes to vaccinating your kids, Monica says it's not her fault Sierra died. Ashley was a horrible mother who partied after burying her daughter's body. The jury acquits Monica, and Ashley's pushy mom, Ruth, is not letting this go. Nope. After the trial, mother and daughter hurl threats at Monica and throw bricks at her windows. And as Elliot and Olivia are restraining them... Ralph Walker rushes into Monica's home with a gun. The detectives hear a shot. Monica says Ralph told her she killed two people before turning the weapon on himself. Okay, so we have this arraignment scene, but I got to ask, why did Cragen go to court? Because Mm. Cabot literally had a phone in her hand. (laughs) We saw her playing with the phone. She got yelled at for having the phone. Yeah, it worked just in the nick of time. 
I hate to rain on your parade, but uh, we got a problem. Uh, we assume she's waiting for this text text message because it's urgent, but apparently they've already transported the boy to the medical examiner, completed the exam, got the results, and Cragen drove down. And I'm sorry we didn't send that text sooner. That's right. We were, <laughs> we were on Sprint. We had a limited number of texts this month. I didn't enjoy, I didn't enjoy watching her scroll through BlackBerry, however. Me little, neither. The scroll dial thing. Remember oh. that? Remember that? Oh, my no, God. Vaguely. I had a BlackBerry very briefly. I do remember that little ball thing in the middle. Cabot has one of the best weird. lines in this episode, <laughs> yeah. which talks about the poor dead baby in the hole. She didn't follow him playing hopscotch. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> a, she was a baby who couldn't yet walk, so no, she didn't fall in playing a game that no one has played since 1934. No, she did not fall in playing hopscotch, Alexandra Cabot. <laughs> now, about everything that you just mentioned, uh, plot-wise, was, was, were they Amish? It was Amish people? Yes, yes oh, it was. Yeah. Because I felt like I was getting a bit of a judgmental. T- was it a judgmental tone? Was it Rumspringa that led to the unfortunate incidents? I am wondering who, you know, obviously the mom, I know she didn't vaccinate her kid, but I do think the Amish play a role in this episode. They do. Now, Elliot has to go see the Amish guy. <laughs> oh, my God. That's in right. In person because he doesn't have a phone. He's oh one. Of course. The kid is one of two of the cases. Mm-hmm. Now, there the father was. He was not pleased to learn that his son was traveling to New York City. I went to see a, a girl. After you had recommitted to your new life. There's this English girl, Megan. I had to see her. You had to see one of those harlots? Is that why you went to the hospital? For a venereal disease? No, no, it was just a rash. It's the measles. And Elliot is like, man, if I could keep my kids in the house like this, I would totally become uh, honest. 100% he would. A, he would be honest. She'd get the beard and everything. <laughs> that scene... <laughs> is iconic. Here's why. why. A, it was completely unnecessary. Because <laughs> it turns out the Amish have nothing to do with the plot <laughs> at all. It was completely unnecessary. It was just there as a couple of fact bombs that we have some Amish folks in Watertown, New York, that they live in very nice houses, a lot of homemade quilts, and that whoever the wig maker is on Law & Order SVU was not content making that badass hairpiece for Chris mm. Maloney. They also had to make that big-ass fake beard for that Amish guy. It was a completely <laughs> unnecessary and completely awesome scene. Awesome. Yeah, and I also appreciated, um, yes, props to this scene. I appreciated just the tiny, like, F-plots that were going on, including why the kid broke his room springer, and it was for love uh, <laughs> with a, with a, with a English uh, y- youth. <laughs> Meg, Meg, and, and, and by the way, he apparently has piercings when he goes to New York. He just, like, That's puts right. in his earring. For his time with Meg and then takes it out to come back to Amishville. Yeah, he's gonna get hepatitis yeah. as well as measles. <laughs> I'm surprised he 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 came back to this. I'm like, if I got a taste of Rumspringa and this had been my life previously, I got to go to New York, I got to hang out with my lovely English uh, girlfriend. I don't know why I would go back to Amish country. Well, that's just me. Those quilts, man. That's, that's true. true. Yeah. Damn cozy. <laughs> good point. Good point. Someone's got to feed point. my horse. Uh, so they charge Monica with. First degree murder, <laughs> a premeditated crime yeah. in which she used her child as a biological weapon yes. to mm-hmm. intentionally kill another child. Yeah. Uh, by the way, she would have won this on appeal if she didn't get acquitted. But I, look, I know they made a deal with Ashley early on, but if you're going to charge Monica for murder for not vaccinating her son, 
Why are you not charging Ashley for not vaccinating the child who actually died? Were you not paying attention? The child was not old enough to be vaccinated yet. Oh, that's bullshit. You were not paying attention to <laughs> Melinda Warner's incredibly detailed medical breakdown on the stand, which included the fact that kids under the age of one, as of the time of the filming of this episode, were not old enough to be vaccinated for measles and were therefore the most susceptible to getting measles from other kids mm. who had not been vaccinated by their murderous parents. Yeah. Mm. But actually, you're a Munch fan. Munch and Olivia and Elliot have a nice little scene there where they're all debating <laughs> the the idea of whether or not parents you know should have the right to not vaccinate or make these kinds of choices telling parents how to raise their kids that's a quick slide down the slippery slope of government tyranny monica stewart's son got the measles and nothing happened to him i mean it's not so black and white wait a minute wait a minute sierra got the measles from monica's son and died now all of a sudden my little boy's at risk because of some nutcase mom well she's not the only nutcase mom Ashley takes that price. But her kid was too young to be immunized. Every child under a year old is at risk. It's just stupid not to vaccinate your children. This was to be expected for me because it's just one of the reasons I love this show. Uh, all same goes for Frasier, even though it's different subject matter. It's so formulaic. I knew this was coming given that, you know, often things are ripped from the headlines, that there has to be some sort of conversation among the main cast about morality right. and what they what they have to say on the issue so i appreciated it and i felt that everyone had the opinions that i expected they would have <laughs> about vaccination so i uh, i found it satisfying much would be afraid of the government who knew but nobody actually there was an elephant in the room that nobody mentions on the show not a single time what's that why the anti-vaxxers actually don't vaccinate their kids because of their fear of autism mm. Never gets brought up. The word autism, not mentioned a single time. Yeah, they mentioned a lot of other things, but not that uh, one. Yeah, Not at all. I mean, to me, that was a glaring omission, and it was probably meant to avoid uh, the kind of debate and targeting they would get from probably other, dare I say, mm. celebrities who have actually appeared on Law & Order, who mm -hmm. are famous anti-vaxxers who are afraid of autism. Yeah, call the casting yeah. uh, director, tell her, don't bother reaching out to Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> I was going to say, Jenny McCarthy, now thinking about it, I'm like, if she hasn't been on Law & Order SVU, that's pretty crazy to me. Because I feel like she would be like an absolute shoe-in on this show. Right, totally. Yeah, well, that's why she wasn't. Uh, yeah. so, by the way, anybody see any uh, present-day parallel in the infectious disease argument? Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah. all so scary now, watching it's Eddie. It's choice. Yep. That's right. So we finally get to the big cross-examination of our defendant, and one of the things that goes on is- I'm just trying to show that if Miss Stewart had vaccinated her child, Sierra Walker would be alive today. I'm not sure that's true. You're not. That woman was a horrible mother. It was just a matter of time until something tragic happened. You're the one on trial, Miss Stewart. Exactly. And how fair is that? I'm the good mother. I make sure my child eats well, is taken care of. She buried her daughter in a shallow grave. Yes. She buried the child that you murdered. And these are fake people, so it's okay to be bitchy and catty about them. Who's the worst mother? Rebecca, go first. Monica. Okay. Oh, they're both terrible. They're both they're, terrible? They're both terrible, but Monica's the worst person. <laughs> oh. Because you know what? Ashley could still grow. She's right. young. Mm -hmm. Right. I agree. Monica's a cemented, rich bitch. Mm -hmm. She is a see mm -hmm. you next Tuesday 
from Tuesday forward. I hate her. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh-huh. I am fully, I am so fully on board with you. Um, and I think wardrobe really was important for the both of them in this episode. Cause it's like, we get it. Hillary Duff, young mother. She's got a lot to learn. She doesn't have a great role model, but there's still time. But I, I, okay. I don't fully remember exactly what Monica's wearing, but I feel like there was a sweater cardigan involved. Yep. Um, possibly a headband at some point. Yep. <laughs> little quilted, um, perhaps a little barber jacket while she's gardening and like the little yeah. dugout thing in front of her brownstone. Oh, That's yeah. That's right. I clocked you know all this, that shit. You know what this says to me? She doesn't care about anyone else but herself. That's right. Yeah. She buys her own shovel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there, she buys her own shovel. There's absolutely no hope for her. Uh, so, yeah, I have definitely like for sure th- believe that Monica is the worst mother. Definitely. Hey, there's one last bad mother to talk about. Who? In the end, it's Ruth <laughs> who pushes things too far. Yes, uh, that's right. So we get to see them confront uh, Monica at her apartment. Now she's just hiding inside like a coward-like bitch she is! I thought you said you didn't blame her anymore. My mom set me straight, okay? If the courts aren't going to do what's right, then we're going to do it ourselves. Come on out and get your beating, you scared! The both is. You just don't get it, do you? Come out and get your beating, you skank. skank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the way, there was never any indication she was actually a skank. That's right. That's so right. There That's is right. a great scene near the beginning of this episode where Stabler is interviewing Ralph, the yeah. beleaguered, prize-winning, rose-gardening husband, yeah. who basically mm-hmm. says to Stabler, I wanted to go down there, but um, figured I'd probably get too emotional. Best let my wife handle that. <laughs> It's kind of how it works in this family. And Elliot goes... Actually, it's the way it works in a lot of families. That's how it is in a lot of houses. (laughs) (laughs) And then sad trombone. All I kept thinking was, okay, he's basically saying like, yeah, yeah, I'm pussy whipped too, man. (laughs) And all I kept thinking was, like like the parallel scene of like, is Kathy, Elliot's wife, like also throwing bricks through people's brows? Oh no, <laughs> she is not. The idea that Elliot would pretend like his wife is like controlling everything he does is ridiculous, unfair, mm-hmm. misogynistic. Mm-hmm. As a bunch of stuff about this episode, by the way, that whole question about who's the worst mother, it's a misogynistic setup that's in the show. Mm-hmm. And it's about mm-hmm. like society's misogyny against, you know, women generally and how they get viewed through different lenses for different maybe worse crimes anyway Mm -hmm. that's all i wanted to say about that um once again one of the things i do enjoy about the show is just how predictable it is even if you've never seen an episode (laughs) so like one thing for me that prop that told me this was probably going to end in in him killing himself was when he was sitting and watching home videos Mm. um of his dead granddaughter and drinking beer she's beautiful you know she never saw me drunk Never saw me slurred my words. And she was born. I was like I was reborn. I thought, oh yeah, this is, this is, uh, this, there's one way that this is going to end. Not going to be good for poor Ralph. <laughs> um, I'm not saying I'm happy with how it ended. I'm saying it's one of the comforts of this show is knowing how uh, predictable it is for me. And often makes me feel very smart where I'm mm. like, oh, I can predict that the most famous person in this episode is usually the murderer. In this case, no. Um, but yeah, that was just one observation, which is just another. Uh, thing that I like about the show is its predictability. That's right. Yeah. And the only yeah. alcohol who can stay on the wagon in this show is Craigan. Yeah. That's that's right. <laughs> Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. 
Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money? A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV, starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start, Start saving, saving today. today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. All right, let's take a look at the real-life story that inspired this episode. It's time for Ripped from the Headlines. You think you know who did it. You think you know who did it. But you don't know who did it. You don't know who did it. Ripped from the Headlines. The first half of this episode is inspired by the death of Kaylee Anthony. In June 2008, the two-year-old was reported missing by her grandmother. She said she hadn't seen the child in a month and the car belonging to her daughter, Casey Anthony, smelled like there was a dead body in it. When Orlando police questioned Casey, she claimed her daughter had been kidnapped by a nanny and was too frightened to report it. Casey was charged with child neglect and lying to police. Several months later, Kaylee's skeletal remains were found in the woods near their home. Public opinion quickly soured when photos turned up of Casey club hopping while her daughter was missing. Prosecutors said the single mother wanted to be free of her responsibilities, so she killed Kaylee with chloroform and duct tape. While the motive was strong, the forensic evidence in the case was weak. The defence claimed Kaylee drowned in the family pool and her body was disposed of by her grandfather. To the shock of the national television audience, the jury found Casey not guilty in her daughter's death. She was sentenced to four years for several lesser charges, but with time served, she walked out of the courtroom. So justice was served? No. No. <laughs> I mean, I, it's interesting, the, the Casey Anthony case. I think some really credible theories about the crime have come out mm-hmm. in the years since, uh, especially in you know, certain documentaries and so forth. Right. And, and more investigation done into the case. Uh, it, you know, it is very likely that she accidentally killed her daughter, uh, you know, in an attempt to, I don't know, subdue her, keep her quiet while she wanted to do whatever. And the, and the kid died. It's very unlikely that the parents had anything to do with it. And yet they ended up kind of being at the center of the frame. It's very sad. It's a very, very sad story. Yeah. And mm. Anita, I don't know if you watched any of the recent Casey Anthony documentaries or there was a last podcast on the left also did a thing on this where they uh, had a new theory about the cause of the death, uh, which was it wasn't chloroform, which the Mm. prosecution said, like, she concocted and put together, which seemed like you need a little bit of a chemistry degree. But she was saying that she she left Kaylee with Zanny the nanny. Yep. And that Zanny is the street slang for Xanax. Xanax. And so the idea that maybe, and she had club access to that. And she used to call her Xanax Zanny. Yeah, oh, and the, the the dad George Anthony recalled that Kaylee was always groggy. Yeah, and oh he, he kind of he put it together in one of the documentaries, but also other people have said that. It, to me, it's a very intriguing clue. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, one thing that I I wonder how many people fall into the this category. I will put myself in the category of part of the reason I like the show Law and Order SVU is I often completely disassociate what it was actually tied to in, in real life. I'm not like a true crime person. So like, I honestly, I'm trying to think, are, are there any like true, like I don't listen to true crime podcasts. I'm trying to think if I've seen, like, you know, I definitely read the story about uh, Casey Anthony, but I think I sort of, uh, kept away from it mm-hmm. um, because it was so sad. It is a particularly salacious story, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I mostly came to the conclusion that she definitely somehow uh, did kill her kid. Uh, and I think the reason I par- partially also have been staying away from her is I have the, uh, it, I, it may have already happened. Did I feel like unless it was a dream, I thought Casey Anthony was part of a reality show, but it's maybe a nightmare that I had. Um, <laughs> and that, it seems that, like that. Let me see. It would not be off brand. I don't think um, I don't think she has been in a reality show, but it would not be off yeah. brand. She has had I, one might say an eventful uh, post trial life uh she mm. has said to have had a sexual relationship with jose Baez, her attorney he denies it vehemently oh my god she has been sued for defamation by both zania gonzalez zanny the nanny yep uh wow. and by the guy who found the body mm-hmm. uh she's prevailed in both of those lawsuits she prevailed she prevailed wow. they failed in, in, in because it was part of her defense yeah and basically that's not they didn't prove that she yeah. defamed them yeah. by defending herself Last check, she was living with the lead defense investigator in her case. Mm, normal. What? And she was working towards getting a private investigator's license. Normal. And her hobbies oh included taking photographs of squirrels. Normal. All normal. All super normal, yeah, definitely. I, wouldn't this be the weirdest Veronica Mars reboot? <laughs> Casey Anthony, P.I. <laughs> hey, so that's going to do it for us. We want to thank our guest, Anita Flores. Anita, where can our listeners follow you online? Uh, well, first off, thank you so much for having me. This has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, so people can find me on Instagram uh, and Twitter at Anita Jutina. That's A-N-I-T-A-J-E-W-T-I-N-A. And of course, I do have a podcast about the show Frasier called I'm Listening, a Frasier fan podcast. And Rebecca Lavoie, how can our listeners follow you? You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Reb Lavoie, or you can check the surveillance footage from your local hardware store. I might be there. (laughs) (laughs) You can track me on Twitter at Kevin P. Flynn. You can also tweet to us at Law & Order Pod, or follow us on Instagram at These Are Their Stories Podcast. Our newsreader was Cy Freighter. Our theme music was composed and performed by Uncanny Valleys. Line editing by Henry Lavoie. Content assistance from Travis Roy. Lily Flynn handles promotions. To get ad-free episodes of These Are Their Stories a week early, sign up for Stitcher Premium. All clips in this podcast were used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Act Fair Use Exemption for criticism and commentary. Special thanks to the elite squad of the Law & Order Wiki community for preserving the evidence. Go to lawandorderpodcast.com and sign up for our newsletter for a chance to be our next Law & Order Marathon winner. These Are Their Stories was recorded in the yoga loft above the bodega in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi studio and is a production of Partners in Crime Media.